Thank you.
morning. We welcome you to North Park Community Church in Fresno, California. We are so glad to get to worship God with you this morning. Will you stand wherever you are and prepare your heart for worship? We're in our fourth week of Advent. Our theme today is love. And in Psalm 18, it says this, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. And so today we are going to look at the incredible love of God as seen in Jesus as he came to earth as a baby to be born. 
Hi kids, it is so great to be with you here. It is almost Christmas, it is exciting. I'm sure you guys are so excited too. I can't wait, I love the Christmas lights. I love Christmas trees, I love all the goodies, I love the festivities, I love seeing my family. I love giving presents and I love giving them. Oh my goodness, there's so many things to love about Christmas. I mean, why not? Look at, we're gonna talk about the word love. But I don't think that's the kind of love that Jesus wants us to think about during Christmas. I mean, he wants, it's okay that we love all those things. But I think and I believe that the kind of love that Jesus wants us to know about is the one where his father, God, sent him to be born so that we could have everlasting love. That's the kind of love that Jesus wants us to know. That's the kind of love that God gave us. He sent the best present, the best gift ever. He sent his son because he loved us so much. Oh my goodness, I am thrilled to be able to share that with you and remind you that that is what Christmas is all about. In fact, I think it's really important that we take that love that God gave us, which was Jesus, and that we make sure we pass that love along to others. In fact, I'm gonna show you something. Um, I have a couple presents that I wanna share with you and I want you to think about which one you would rather have or actually which one you would rather give, okay? Come with me. So I have two boxes here and they are just beautiful. And I'm gonna show you what it means to give your very best for God, to give your very best when we give and share Jesus with others. I wanna just show you a little example about what it means, because I want you to think about this. If you were getting this gift or giving this gift, which one would you want, okay? Well, first of all, I have some yummy, yummy candy kisses here. And I'm gonna take this box right here, and I am going to fill it up with these candy kisses. <laughs> the whole bag fits right into this box. It is totally full. Oh my goodness, that would be so awesome to get a box full of candy kisses. I mean, it is full to the brim. Oh, okay, this is a gorgeous box. Let's take this one. Oh, and I have another bag of candy kisses here. Okay, so I'm gonna take the whole bag and put it in here. Oh, yeah. Well, that hardly even filled it up. That didn't even hardly fill up the bottom of it. What? A whole bag? A whole bag of candy kisses filled up this one, but it hardly came close to even filling up the bottom of it. I mean, maybe if I put another bag in, maybe that'll help. Let's try that. Oh, okay, well that, that filled it up a little bit more, but it's, it's, it's not even a halfway filled up. I put twice as much in here as I did in here, and it's still not even filled up. I mean, think about this. Is that kind of like the way we treat Jesus? The way we share Jesus? I mean, some of us are capable and we give everything we've got and we give it all 
It doesn't matter how rich we are, poor we are, how smart we are, how not smart we are, um, how where we live, where we don't live. It doesn't matter. We are giving our very best. And some of us, I mean, we look good on the outside, but some of us are only giving a little bit. We're not giving everything we're capable of. I mean, we could be doing more. We could be doing more for Jesus. We could be more doing more for others. We have much more capability of doing more, and we're not. See, it doesn't matter who we are. It matters what we do. See, God sent Jesus. That was his gift to us. But when Jesus came, what he did for us was he shared his love. He shared kindness. He showed us how to be with each other. So this Christmas, what I want you to think about is what kind of gift would you want to be for others? Not give, but be. Do you want to be full and give your very best? Or are you just going to give half of what you're really capable of or less than half? Think about what you can do for others and show kindness and love, just like Jesus did when he walked the earth here. Merry Christmas and have an incredible, loving Christmas season. Bye. Good morning, North Park, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. It is so good to be with you this Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas, the Sunday before we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus. What an exciting time, and I just hope and pray that you have some great things planned for your week. I want to tell you that on Friday night this past week, we had a group of us out in the courtyard for a fun, festive night around the campfire, and we had a truly, truly fabulous time. We want to thank all of you that came, and we're just glad that we get to celebrate different ways together. If you are visiting North Park and this is your first time, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And we want to tell you that you can have us pray for you. Our staff gets together every Tuesday. And we love to pray over our friends and for things that are going on in your life. And give God praises too. So you can go to our website at www northparkchurch.home and leave us a message there or let us know how we can pray for you or let us know how we can celebrate with you because we definitely want to do that for you and with you. And if you call North Park your home, you can go ahead and give your tithes and offerings, offerings there online as well. We just thank you for that. I want to tell you about something that is coming up on Christmas Eve. We know that we cannot be inside for Christmas Eve, but we can be outside for Christmas Eve. And we love to do our Christmas Eve communion together. So from 12 to 2 on Friday, you and your family or your friends can come here to North Park and we will have stations outside that you can walk up to and a pastor will uh, pray with you and give communion to each of you together. Or if you don't even want to get out of your car, just stay in your car and you can drive right up and one of the pastors will do communion with you and the people in your car. And if that's not even what you want to do and you would rather stay home, come by the office, pick up some communion packets, and then if you would like, you can go to our website for communion uh, for Christmas Eve and Pastor Bob will actually lead you in a video and your family through communion. And you can do that with him on Christmas Eve or whenever you and your family would like to do that. So we just want to thank you and we want to wish you the best, best 
Christmas this season. Now, would you join me and continue worshiping with me? Thanks.
Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome once again to North Park Community Church here in beautiful Fresno, California. It's great to have you all with us today. Uh, I hope you're having a great Christmas season. I was thinking back on Christmas memories the other day, and I remember when I was just a little guy, one Christmas I had the measles. And I ran out to our Christmas tree anyway, and there was a brand new bike, my first ever bike, shiny red with, with uh, training wheels on it. And my parents were rather proper. We had, a, we had a small family. I was an only child, and we lived away from family. So it was just the three of us spending Christmas together usually. And I was so disappointed that I couldn't go outside and ride that brand new bike that my parents pushed back all the furniture. We had hardwood floors. And I remember riding that bike in circles around our family room floor. It hit me years later how much that showed my parents' love for me because they were rather proper. They uh, liked things tidy. They liked things in place, but they cleared the room so I could ride that new bike. This morning, we want to talk about the fact that Jesus came into the world to bring love, to bring the love of God through him. Now, let's set the stage a little bit. Uh, Mary was a teenage girl. Uh, an angel appeared to her one day and says, you're going to be pregnant. That child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And you just, uh, you, you, you just let this happen. And Mary was obedient. I'm sure she could have refused and not been a part of the greatest story ever told. Then an angel went to Joseph who had planned. He said, look, she's married and, uh, or she's engaged, but yet she's pregnant. And I know that it's not my child. And then an angel spoke to Joseph. And Joseph is really, I think, the unsung hero of the Christmas story. He willingly entered into a relationship where he knew he would be mocked. He knew he would be made, afraid, uh, made fun of. He knew that people wouldn't accept or believe what, he, what was going on but he did it anyway. Well, about that time, there was a census and everybody had to go to their hometown and, and Mary and Joseph lived in a little town called Nazareth, but they had to go to Bethlehem just outside of Jerusalem for this census. So they traveled even though she was pregnant. We know the story when they got there, all the rooms and all the inns and all the places to stay were taken up and they found an innkeeper who allowed them to stay in his barn. Uh, with the with the animals, it probably wasn't the most sanitary of places. You know, I always talk about nativity scenes, and and people get upset with me because I say I feel like going around town and throwing dung on all the nativity scenes because that's the kind of condi conditions that Jesus was born in. But I'm going to pick up this story. They were in the manger. Mary had had her child, and then in Luke two verses eight through twelve, we're told this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
I want to read two other scriptures too that talk of the love of God. The first is John 1, 14. It said, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And then in 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it says this, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. Let me say that again. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus did here in this world. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your amazing love. And Lord, I pray that all of us, well, that some of us will remember your love for us. I pray that some of us will discover your love for us. I pray that some may return to your love for us. But Lord, might we leave here today knowing how great your love is. And might we leave with greater appreciation of this Christmas season than we ever have possessed before. In your name we pray, amen. God showed his love for us by coming, even though he knew that he would be rejected. That first chapter of John is so special because it talks about who Jesus is. It talks about his love for us. And we're reminded in John that he came and he did what he did, even though he knew that he would be rejected by those who he came to love. Jesus, God, came from heaven. I love the term we use at Christmas, and it's in Scripture, Emmanuel, God with us. That tells us that God Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who possesses all power and all knowledge and all wisdom, that that same God loved us so much that he became a human being just like you and I. I remind us of this all the time. But Jesus, by coming to earth, he gave up immortality to become a mere mortal, to live with the same limitations and the same temptations and the, and, and the same kinds of difficulties that we have in our lives. God came, Emmanuel, God with us, God one of us, and by doing so, he gave up constant praise in heaven. He gave up the location of heaven, a place of indescribable glory and, and riches. We can't even begin to imagine how spectacular heaven is. But he came to us out of love, giving up all of that, even to be born in a stable in the midst of uh, uh, barnyard animals and of animals who had brought travelers from all over to Bethlehem. God loved us so much that he came from heaven, came to earth, and lived as a human being like you and I. That is amazing love. God showed his love for us by coming. That speaks everything we need to know about God. God is love. We have, we've been made right with God by or through the love of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verses four to 10 says this, but God is so rich in mercy 
and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. It's shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here again, we see that God in his mercy and in his grace and in his love came from heaven to earth to become one of us. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas. All the other things are fine. Gift giving's okay. Christmas decorations are good. Laughing with family and friends, that's super, that's super good. The good food, we, we enjoy that. None of that is wrong. But what we are really celebrating is the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I love what it says in verse eight of this passage of scripture where he says that it's all about his grace, not about our works. It's not about what we've done. There's not one human being, for the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us that deserves to be forgiven of our sins. There's not one of us that deserves to one day spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus. But it was because of the grace and because of the sacrifice Jesus Christ made on a cross that we can have our sins forgiven. None of us can do enough good works. None of us can. It doesn't matter. You can do a ton of things. You can be the biggest philanthropist on the planet. You can, uh, you, you can preach great sermons. You can even perform miracles. But if we don't love, those things are useless. If we don't love, we're, we're not accomplishing anything. We're told that in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 13. None of us can be good enough to deserve or to earn our way into heaven but it was because of the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus came so that we might be made right. We might return to relationship with God Almighty, our Creator, our Heavenly Father, through His love and through His actions for us. And then I love what it says in verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew, he, he has good things planned for us, things he's had planned for us for long ago. When we give our hearts, when we confess our sins, when we ask Christ into our lives, we become a masterpiece. He has things for us to do. I wish I had longer to talk about this and this, but I can't think of a better time than these next few days between now and Christmas to do those good things that he has called us to do. Jesus saved you, forgave you of your sins. Jesus 
made you a joint heir with Jesus. You're a part of God's family, and he has a purpose for you. He has things for you to do. I'm so grateful for the love of Jesus. I'm so grateful for the love of God. I'm so happy that, that, that he has a plan for my life. He has a direction for my life. And that direction is to be an extension of his love to everyone that we come in contact with. I'm gonna be back in a few minutes and we're going to talk about how the love of Jesus should shine in, in our lives, in our everyday lives to everyone we come in contact with.
We've discussed Jesus' amazing love for us by leaving heaven to come to earth or living a life as a human being, ultimately to die on a cross to pay the punishment for our sins so that we might be restored to a right relationship with Almighty God. And in that process, he's promised us that when this life comes to an end, if we live for him, we will spend an eternity in heaven with him. I wanna talk just for a few minutes about how the love of Jesus shines through those who love him and those who know him. First John chapter four, verse seven and eight says this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The first characteristic, the most noticeable characteristic in someone who has become a child of God is that they love people. Now I know in our context, we, uh, we interpret love a lot of different ways. For some of us, it's more natural for us to love. For others, we struggle with that. But if you are a born-again Christian, love will begin to manifest itself. It'll begin to be lived out in your life. We'll begin to love people. We'll even begin to love people who we don't agree with. Now, a little hint to how we can begin to love people that we don't naturally love, people we have a hard time with, whether it's a family member, whether it's a politician, whether it's a celebrity, we've chosen to have animosity towards a lot of, of people. But I learned a long time ago, when I begin to sincerely pray for someone that hate, animosity, anger begins to melt away and instead love begins to reign in my life and even my attitude towards them. I don't always agree with them, um, in fact, quite often I continue to disagree with them. I might not see eye to eye with them on things. I might not even enjoy spending time in their presence. But that animosity and that hatred begins to turn to love. Why? Because when I pray for someone, I begin to see them through God's eyes, not just my own human eyes. How can I better be an instrument of God's love? Well, there's several ways. Number one, begin to think less of yourself and think more of other people. Philippians chapter two, verses three to four says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Man, the same attitude as Christ. That's a goal for us. I don't know that we ever reach that here on earth, this side of heaven. But we are to love others as Christ loved other people. It's a dangerous thing when we allow ourselves to get to a point where all of our conversations have to do with me and I and mine, and when our whole world begins to revolve around and our whole perspective of everything revolves around me. But when we begin to pray for others, we begin to care for others, and we begin to love them. 
A second thing that we can do is we can make a conscious effort uh, and ask God to enable us to love more. Probably the thing that God wants to do in our lives more than anything else is to develop his love. Because as we read earlier, God is love. That is the character of God. That is the essence of God. And God wants us like him to be a, a lover, if you will, of people, a lover of humanity. Third thing we can do to, to, to bring ourselves into more of a loving perspective in life is don't be petty, forgive quickly. Don't be petty. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which gives us the description of God's love and the kind of love that he wants us to live, it says this, it says, keep no record of wrongs. Now, to keep no record of wrongs, we need to be willing to forgive. In fact, Jesus said, you are to forgive other people in the same manner that I forgive you. He said right after preaching on the Lord's Prayer, right, right after that great teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he says that we must forgive other people if we want to be forgiven. There's a, 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 there's a link to our being forgiven and our being willing to forgive other people. Now, one of the cool things about Christmas is, is we give, give each other gifts and usually we ignore Jesus. But Jesus doesn't want sacrifices from us. He doesn't want gifts from us. He doesn't want offerings from us. He doesn't want piousness from us. But he wants us to give him those parts of our lives that we're lacking in, those parts of our lives that bring us pain, our sickness, our disease, our hatred, our unforgiveness, our, our, uh, our own self-shame. He wants us to give those things to him on his birthday, really every day, but he wants to, us to give those things to him so that he can continue to develop his character. He can continue to develop his love in our lives. And as I said last week, another thing we can do if you need to be more loving in your life, you can fake it till you make it. If you begin to practice love or you begin to practice doing acts of kindness or you begin to even pretend to care about other people and you keep doing that over and over and over again, eventually that is going to become the norm in our life. You see, God wants to change our character. God wants to make us instruments of love, but he expects us to do our part as well. So forgiving other people, uh, not, not worrying about somebody else, maybe their appearance or the way they act, not being judgmental of other people. Those are all things that we can do even though we don't feel like it. And in doing them, God will continue to create his character of love in us. How about you? Do you need to know the love of God? Do you need to know Emmanuel, God with us? This Emmanuel, Jesus, who came to die on a cross, 
for the forgiveness of our sins, who came to restore us the right relationship with our heavenly Father, God Almighty, who came to take guilt away from our lives, who came to help us move from, from a, a life of wrong living to a life of right living. Do you need to know that Jesus in your life today? Peter, when he was confronted with, 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 with a crowd on the day of Pentecost, they said, what do we need to do to be saved? What do we need to do to know this Messiah? And Peter says, repent of your sins. That means admit them and consciously try to move on beyond them. Turn to God because God's the only one that can give us the strength to do that. Be baptized in water and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to take those steps today? If you need Jesus in your life, and I can't think of a better time than this Sunday right before Christmas, I wanna lead you in a prayer. So right there where you are, just close your eyes, bow your head, and in your heart, in your mind, or maybe even audibly, repeat these words after me. Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving me so much that you left heaven to come to earth so that ultimately you could die on a cross and take the punishment that I deserve on yourself. Today, I ask you in this miraculous way to come into my heart, to come into my life, and Lord, I pray that you will help me to recognize you and to love you and to love others for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, please get online, contact us here in the, in the church office. We want to give you some next steps in developing your relationship with Christ. But then I imagine that there's more watching who would say this, I need to allow the love of God to live in me and to allow me to give that love of God to other people. Live in me and shine through me. There are a lot of angry Christians today. There are a lot of mean Christ followers today. There are a lot of people who have been around church for a long, long time and they've become angry and cantankerous and, and Lord, their lives have been disrupted by, a, by, by this virus or their life has been disrupted by an illness or they've been disappointed because of the words or action as a family member. And they're feeling more anger and hate and resentment toward God than anything else talked to a person this last week, and they said, I'm angry with God. And you know what? I think sometimes, at times, we've all been angry with God. But we need to recognize that things aren't God's fault. It's our choice for not accepting the love of God into our lives and not living the love of God in front of that other person or in the midst of whatever that circumstance is that's going on in your life. So there's a lot of us that, that would say, I need to know the love of God in my life. I need to live the love of God from my life. If that's you, I want you just to bow your head right there where you are again. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, you are so loving. And mentally and spiritually, I know that 
but I have allowed the trials of life, the difficulties of life, the circumstances of life, I have allowed those things to rob me of your joy. Today I ask you to create a new, a new desire for your love in my life. Make me aware of your love and your loving presence in my life. Give me opportunities to love other people even though I may not feel like it. And God, I can't do it on my own, but I ask you to make me a success in loving others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My prayers for all of you is that the remainder of this week and especially on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that you will know the love of Jesus Christ in your life and that his love will be so real and so genuine and so true in your life that you'll be a giver of his love to other people. Merry Christmas. We love you all. We will see you next Sunday.
God bless you as you go. May you know the depth of God's love for you this week. And may you walk in hope, in joy, and in peace. Merry Christmas. We love you.